Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Well, if you got your Bibles, Psalm 119, and uh, uh, I made an executive decision not to cover all 176 verses. Uh, that would that might be a like a 20 part series there. Uh, I, I wanna <clears throat> I wanna open a, a little different than than I normally would. I, I feel like you know it's January 3rd. And so people are are still uh, they're 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 optimistic they're they're in that they're in that sort of resolution mode. Granted, in, in COVID world, maybe you're, you're thinking about like the home gym instead of the gym gym. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe maybe you set some weight loss goals, some health goals. Maybe, maybe like you, you've set some work goals moving into 2021. Uh, Steph and I, uh, we, we both were, we were talking about it a couple days ago. We want to get back on Duolingo and get after it because our, our, our kids are, are learning Espanol and I refuse to be sassed in a language that I do not understand. Um, so I, you know, I, I want to personally. I, I want to read more books and be on social media less. Amen. <laughs> uh, I want to learn about this thing that other people have been talking about. Uh, it's, I can't pronounce it's uh, cardio. Um, I'm going to look into that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe you're a resolution person. Maybe, maybe you're not. But, but following a, a hard year where all too many folks lost their ever loving minds over whatever the culture told them to lose their minds over. Can I, can I just offer up a suggestion? Can we, collectively as a as a local church family commit to devoting ourselves to the word of god can we just do that can we just be about that can we collectively just say man we're going to be devoted to the word of god this year and here's here's what i really want to say this morning let's let's commit to living from this book this year. Amen? Let's, let's commit to living from the Word in 2021. Listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about Scripture, like being the little garnishment on your plate of life. Uh, I'm talking about it being the main course. Are y'all with me? talking about it being the main course this morning, I, I, I want to examine a part of Psalm 119, and, and, and I'll give you a little bit of context. Psalm 119, it, it, is, the, uh, it is the longest, uh, it is the longest uh, uh, chapter in all of Scripture, 
Um, but it is saturated with references to the Word of God. The author, the author uses eight different words to, in, in talking about Scripture. He uses the word law, uh, the word testimony, the word precept, the word statute, commandment, judgment, uh, word, and promise. Uh, and as you, as you roll through Psalm 119, uh, only, listen, only a handful of the 176 verses don't directly mention one of those eight words. There's only, there's only a handful. In the psalm, it's, it's this acrostic which basically breaks, the, the psalm is broken down into all these sections. And each section uh, starts with a, a, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And each section contains eight verses. And though we don't know who the author was, it wasn't David. Listen, the author's purpose was to magnify God's word. To not just exhort us to obedience, not just to exhort and encourage God's people toward obedience, but to, to drive us to devotion, amen? To drive us to a, a hunger and this, like a love, a love for the Word of God. And I, I can't think of a better jumping off point for 2021 than Psalm 119. And so I want to I want to look at I want to look at three things uh, and, and and I don't know if we got we got slides ready hey there we go uh, as as we live from the word we're going to look at three things uh, and really specifically we're going to key in on on three verses I, w- I want to read it again but we're going to key in on verse one hundred five one hundred eight and one twelve the psalmist says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path I've sworn an oath. And confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart, and I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. So this morning I said 108, we're going to look at 107, 105, 107, and 112. And the first thing that I want to say this morning is this, Scripture alone should determine your direction and your decision making. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, direction. Look at your other neighbor and say, decision making. Scripture alone should determine your direction, and your decision-making. Verse 105 says, God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, Warren, Warren Wearsby breaks down this verse. See, we got to understand the context in the psalmist's day. Warren Wearsby uh, sheds some light. He says, the ancient world, they did not have lights such as we have today. Uh, Wearsby says the people carried these little these little clay dishes containing oil in the light. Check this out. It illuminated the path only one step ahead. 
It illuminated the path only one step ahead. And Wearsby goes on to say, we do not see the whole route at one time, for we walk by faith when we follow the word. Each act of obedience, Wearsby says, shows us the next step. Amen? It's like this. Uh, Ruthie, uh, at, uh, she, at bedtime, is in this three-year-old stage where her her dark room is, is uh, it's a little scary. Uh, and there have been nights where we have, to, we have to check for monsters and we have to check for all the, we have to check for all the scary things, okay? So we, we check under the closet uh, or in the closet. We got to check under the bed. We, we've got to check like every nook and corner and cranny of her room and assure her, Ruthie, listen, like baby girl, like you're like there are no scary things. There are no monsters. Uh, you you are you are fine. But you know what helps calm her fear of the darkness best? Light. The light. So currently, if you can imagine this, Ruthie has a wall night light. She also has another little nightlight attached uh, to her, her lamp on her bedside table. She has this little birdie that lights up and stays on her dresser. She also currently has a string of Christmas lights draped above her dresser that I'm pretty sure her brother snuck in her room. Uh, and, and I realize like her room is more and more looking like Clark Griswold's house uh, on, on Christmas vacation. Uh, but I'm okay with it because here's the deal church rue needs the light to help her navigate the darkness she needs the light to help her cope with the darkness and and here here we are today listen we're so enlightened right we're so, man, we're so in line with all our, with all our technology, all of our learning, all of our digital sort of, uh, I say pseudo connectedness. We have all this information at our fingertips and yet the world is still dark. And the world is still in the dark, still marred by, by sin and by brokenness. And the reality is this, uh, what, what's crazy is you look around, even in the church, the, the direction and the decision making of too many professing followers of Jesus looks exactly like the direction and the decision making of a lost world that is opposed to the rule and the reign of Jesus. You say, why is that? Church, listen, it's because God's Word is not the light by which we see all things. Y'all hear me? It's because God's Word is not the light by which we see all things. Things. God's word is supposed to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Instead, listen, now we use scripture selectively. Like we, we reach for it when we're in serious trouble. Or we use it as a covering to validate uh, what we really already desire and what we already want to do. And Tripper Longman says this, life is a journey. 
in wisdom literature often likens it to walking on a path. We see this in Psalm 1-1. We see this in, uh, throughout Proverbs. But Scripture, Longman says, lights up the path of life, revealing to us God's will for how we're supposed to live. God's Word is a light that reveals how we're supposed to live. Uh, it, so so if, if the Word of God, listen, is, is to be uh, a light that illuminates God's will for your life, for, your, for the direction you're supposed to go, for your decision making, the question looms, well man, what is, what is God's will? What is God's will in the New Testament? Listen, God's will for his people, I think it's pretty clear. It's, it's laid out. The mission is laid out. We see it as we've been going through Acts, Acts 1.8. You're going to receive power, church, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We see God's will revealed in the great commission to go. Listen, Christ said, all authority has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded. Church, this is, this is the will of God. This is, this is the mission to, to know Jesus to make him known, and to help others follow Jesus. And so Paul, writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 15-17, Paul says this to Timothy from childhood. Listen, Timothy, you, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All Scripture, Paul says, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Listen, church, what that's telling us, it's pointing to this doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. And what that doctrine of sufficiency tells us is that in the Bible, you have everything you need for salvation. You have everything you need in these pages for righteousness, for, for Christian maturity, and for good works. So listen, whether, whether you are a student, whether you are a husband, a wife, a single, widowed, a coach, a teacher, a doctor, a, a nurse, an engineer, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a, a waiter, uh, whether you work in retail, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whoever you are, in whatever you do, God's, God's Word, listen, will illuminate His will and his mission for your life. Amen? Specifically, it's going to show you how to make him known and how to make disciples of Jesus in whatever role or in whatever position God has you. That's his will. It's not, it's not a mystery. Like it's, it's actually been revealed. So the question before we jump into our next point, is does God's word, listen, does God's word determine the direction of your life? Does it determine your decision making? And, and let me just say this, it, it really is a simple yes or no. 
is really a yes or a no. And if it's no, what will you, here's the question, what will you do with Psalm 119.105? And how, how is 2021, Christian, going to be different? Second thing this morning, as we look at verse 107, the psalmist says, I am severely afflicted, but give me life. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Second thing I want to say this morning is, you will not find real life apart from a biblical worldview. Second thing I want to say, you will not find real life apart from a biblical worldview. Notice that the psalmist uh, uh, affirm, uh, listen, this, y'all, this is, this is huge. This idea of biblical worldview. I, I, want you, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, biblical worldview. Man, y'all, y'all that, was, that was weak. I need you to look at your other neighbor and say, biblical worldview. <laughs> that was a little more chipper. That was, that was better. Um, y'all, this is so important. This is, I think this is the, maybe the defining thing about the American church right now, is our lack of a biblical worldview. Notice the psalmist affirmed life was found in the word in the midst of affliction. He wasn't exempt from affliction as a follower of God. I think it's something to keep in mind coming out of a year like 2020. He understood, listen, he also understood that in the scriptures, scriptures were not just, when I, when I grew up, uh, you had all these pithy little uh, like sayings about like what, what the Bible was, you know. The psalmist understood that the, God's word was more than just uh, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Lame. It's more than just a, more than just a road map. Scripture is the story of God's relationship with His creation. Like In the Word, man, we see the heart of God on display for broken people in a broken creation. And, and listen, it is by the Word and it is through the Word that God gives life. Amen? John 6, 63, Jesus says, it said, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. And Jesus said, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. And, and, and a short time later, as many of Jesus, his followers had fallen away. Peter, after having heard Jesus say that, Jesus asked, asked his disciples, hey, do you guys want to roll out too? Do you guys want to leave as well? And Peter said, hey, Lord, to whom shall we go? In John 6, 68, Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Listen, if you are a Christian, there are certain things that are guaranteed. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are in Christ, there are certain things that are, that are guaranteed. Your assurance of salvation and forgiveness is guaranteed. Amen? It just is. It's what the Word says. Your hope of eternity with Christ and His kingdom is guaranteed. Amen? There, there are certain promises that you can cling to. But understand this. 
and, and I want you to follow me. It's important. Abundant life right now is not automatic just because Jesus saved you. Y'all hear me? Abundant life right now is not automatic just because Jesus saved you. For that Christian, you have to abide in Christ. Man, you got to abide in Christ. You have to position your life in His life. And we know Christ through His Word. One of the primary evidences of your abiding in Christ, Christian, is your love for and your hunger for Scripture. This is one of the primary evidences of being in Christ. Charles Spurgeon once said this, if we do not love the Bible, we certainly do not love the God who gave it to us. And I would add, if you have no appetite for the Bible, then you have no appetite for Christ. Let me say that again. If you have no appetite for the Bible, then you have no appetite for Christ. See, if you're, if you're looking for life, if you're looking for, for purpose and significance and, and for like a sense of lasting joy and, and rest, you, you, you will not find that in the stuff of this world. Amen? It's not like, all right, I just got done reading Ecclesiastes uh, at the end of December. And in Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about how our hearts in Ecclesiastes 3 are, are hardwired for eternity. But, but as, I, as I read Ecclesiastes, listen, it, it just struck me. Solomon, this dude had it all. Like Solomon had everything. Everything. The palace the, the wealth, the, the women, the, the pleasure, the achievements, the wisdom. And, and he, he, he says, man, it's all vanity. He said, it's all, this is all just futility. And as, Ecclesi- as Ecclesiastes comes to a close, here's what Solomon concludes with. He says this in, in 12, 13. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God. And keep his commands. Because this is for all humanity. Fear God and keep his commands. And, and, and here's, here's what's important. Ready? Solomon in Proverbs has already defined what the fear of the Lord is. In Proverbs, Solomon says the fear of the Lord is the hatred of sin. And we know from the New Testament, Jesus boils down the commands. And, and, and really, he, he distills it to two things when he says... Love God and love your neighbor. And so, so what, is, what, do we, what do we learn from, from, what do we learn from this? Life, listen, life is found in allowing God's word to drive you, listen, to drive you away from sin and to drive you toward God and others with greater and greater, and greater love. And if, you're, if your hatred of sin is not growing, and if your love for God and for others is not growing, you're either not reading your Bible, or you're not reading your Bible correctly. It's important. We, we, we all live, listen, we all live from, from our worldview 
and from our collective sort of ideologies, right? The question is not whether you, you have a worldview or whether you have these, these ideologies. The, the question is whether they are rooted in the Word of God. And we've got to fight hard. Listen, hear me. We've got to fight hard. It's going all around the culture, all even in the church. We've got to fight hard not to read our experiences, our desires, and our ideology into this book. Those things do not sit authoritatively over the Word of God. The Word of God sits in authority over all else. Period. Scripture must stand alone and inform all of those things in our lives. Listen, here's here's a few good tests to determine whether or not you have a biblical worldview. Ready? give you three. A few good tests to determine whether or not you have a biblical worldview. Is your life characterized by a growing love for God and others? And not just others who agree with you on all the things. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what things I'm talking about. <laughs> if you don't, just go check Facebook. Second thing, is your life characterized by a discipleship mission, follow me, not just of good works, but actually telling others the good news of Jesus, that that Jesus died on a cross for their sin, that Jesus rose, that it's only his righteousness that is the hope of man before God. Is your life characterized by a mission of discipleship? And then I would say the third, the third thing, a good test, if you have a biblical worldview, is this. Is your, and this, I, this, this may be, this is pretty pertinent right now. Is your hope in humanistic solutions rooted in the goodness and righteousness of man or is, in, or is your hope in the gospel to actually transform hearts and in the return of Jesus Christ to wreck shop, to make all things new and to make all things right as he restores the earth to himself? What, what, is, your, what is your hope in? Church, what, what, what is troubling me so much in our increasingly polarized country is the anger. Y'all hear me? The anger that characterizes so many, even more and more professing Christians. If, if the anger in your life is reaching this like sort of unchecked boiling point, you, I, I'm just going to say, you, you don't have a biblical worldview. Instead, you may just be using the Bible as your weapon to fuel your flesh. And, and this, this much is certain. Paul says this in Galatians 5.17. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to one another. And again, I would go back to John 6, 63. 
Only the words of Jesus are spirit and life. So, so here's what I'm saying. You've got to stop feeding on the news of this world and allowing it to drive your worldview. Church, we've got to humble ourselves and feed on the Word of God, allowing it to drive more focused worship and more faithful witness. Amen? Stop feeding on the news of this world. Start feeding on the Word of God to drive worship and witness. Third thing is this. As we look at verse 12, the psalmist says, Incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Third thing I want to say about living from the Word is this. Faithfulness to the Word requires heart work, not just hard work. You all with me? Faithfulness to the Word requires heart work, not just hard work. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, heart work. Look at your other neighbor and say, heart work. Plenty of folks dutifully read the Bible, right? Lots of people, man, they dutifully read the Bible. They may even commit it to memory. They may even become experts at explaining and defending it, much like the Pharisees. But their hearts remain unaffected by the life that it's meant to bring. So when the psalmist says, I incline my heart to perform your statutes, listen church, he's pointing us to a reality that we often forget when, when we're approaching scripture. If, if you're, listen, if your heart is disengaged while your mind is engaged, your, your scriptural knowledge may just be producing arrogance and apathy. Let me say that again. If, if, if you're in this and, and your heart is disengaged but your mind is engaged, the, end, the, the byproduct of that may just be arrogance and more apathy to the lost world around us. Christian, God is, God is after your, your heart, your head, and your habits. And that means if, if you... If you resolve to read the word this year, listen, it can't just be about the hard work of, of discipline uh, and, and, and habit. can't just be about the hard work of habit and discipline. It must also be about the hard work of holiness and devotion. Warren Wiersbe said, once your heart is set on obeying the word, the life will be set on the right course. The life will be set on the right course. Listen, Steph, Steph and I, we, 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 we talk about this often. Uh, we, we say that people, listen, people, people do exactly what they want to do. <laughs> Y'all follow me? We do exactly what we want to do. When, when push comes to shove, man, like we, we spend money on we, what we want to spend money on. You, you, you spend time, effort, and energy on exactly what, what you want to do. Our, our habits follow our desires, and our desires are either fueled by gospel-formed hearts 
or hearts that are being shaped by the world and the desires of the flesh. Straight up. Christian, this is why Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And here's, here's what that means, and we're almost done. Here's, here's the application. Pay attention to your heart. Pay attention to your heart. You're, listen, this may hit you between the eyes, but you need to hear it. Your apathy to the word of God, it, it, like it's not coincidence. Your apathy to God's word is not a coincidence. See, when the psalmist says to incline, to incline implies action on your part. It means you're going to have to do something about the, like, I've talked about this before, but like we don't just exist in this like neutral space, right? Like there's, there's no neutral in life. We're either moving toward God or we're moving away from God. And so you're going to have to actually do something about the pull of the world on your desires and on your affections, but, but listen, it's not just about you leading your own heart. It's about allowing the love of Christ to lead your heart back to his word, back to the promises, back to the story, back to the very foundation of truth. Now, I'll close, I'll close this morning with, with this. Uh, in his book, uh, the wonders of the Word of God. Robert Sumner shares a story about uh, there was a man in Kansas City who was severely injured in an explosion. This story blew my mind. His, his, the man's face was badly disfigured and he, he lost his eyesight as well as both his hands. And, and, and so the man was a brand new Christian and one of his greatest disappointments was that he could no longer read his Bible not having use of his eyes or his hands. Then he heard, the, the guy heard about a lady in England who, who would read Braille with her lips. So hoping to do the same, he sent, he sent for some books of the Bible in Braille. Much to his dismay, however, he discovered that the nerve endings in his lips had been destroyed by the explosion. But one day, as he brought, as he brought one of the Braille pages to his lips, his, his tongue actually, his tongue happened to touch one of the raised characters uh, of the Braille, and he could feel the braille with his tongue and the thought came to him hey I can read the Bible using just my tongue and at the time Sumner's book was written the man had read the Bible four times four times church fam that is devotion to the word of God that is devotion to the Word of God. Church, to live from the Word is to find your life in Christ. I, I, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Scripture is not the end. It is the means to knowing Jesus Christ. It is the means to following Jesus. 
Even Jesus in John 5.39 said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it's they, it's they that bear witness about me. Church, like the world is crazy right now. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) The world is cray cray right now. (laughs) Odds are, if you have stepped off of this book, If you have stepped off of the Word of God, you have stepped onto the crazy train. (laughs) This morning, look at this as a loving, gracious invitation to hop off the crazy tracks and to get back on track with Christ. But to know Christ, you've got to come back to His Word. Here's, Here's one application. One application. This year, and I've got several copies, but it's also online. We're inviting everybody in restoration to read through the Bible with us this year. Matt Ulrich put together a Bible reading plan. All of our our staff is going through it together. Um, We've got it online. I've got, I think I've got 30 or 40 copies up here on the stage Listen, I, I want to invite you, if, 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 you, if you don't have a plan or, or maybe you've never made a plan to read through the Bible, and I want to invite you to join us. But here's the thing, and, the, and, and understand this warning. All the forces of hell will be against you if you are devoted to the Scriptures. All the forces of hell will be opposed to you living from the Word. And and here's, here's why. The enemy knows. The enemy knows if you incline your heart to the Word of God, your, your life will look more and more like the Son of God as you come to know and follow Him. And the world will take note. And others might just come to know Jesus through you, through your life. So church, let's live from the Word. Amen? Let's live from the Word. Y'all pray with me this morning.